Хей, Том! Привет, Стив! Ребята, я надеюсь, у вас получится отличное шоу. Вы же всегда заставляете меня смеяться. Masters of Profundication. I am Tom with them. I am Steve Files. And um, we've had some interesting news recently. I don't know if you pay attention to it at all uh, in the sports world, but Bob yeah, Kraft, yeah, the <laughs> owner of the uh, New England Patriots, has been caught getting a little rub and tug. It was funny because I ran into somebody yesterday who was talking about it. I, I already heard because, you know, it's in the news everywhere. And he said, it's like, yeah, then I was talking to somebody. And I just laughed and said, well, you know, prostitution should be legalized. Oh, never mind. I'm just kidding. And he walked away. I'm like, no, yeah, it should. <laughs> it absolutely should be legalized. What yeah. the hell? That's and like, to some like degree. foreign idea. Yeah, I think I think what's going to jam him up, because I know this is probably not going to come as a great surprise to you, but all, uh, the a bunch of the billionaire NFL team owners have been caught with prostitutes and it's really not that big of a deal. I can't I, like as soon as I saw this is like the only reason this is in the news is because it's a Patriots owner, not, you know, the Lions owner or the any of the other right. teams. Well, Indianapolis, their team owner is quite the character and he gets himself into he does drugs. He does like he's open about his weird yeah. lifestyle. He's kind of like uh geez, I, I want to say like Tony Stark. <laughs> playboy lifestyle and doesn't care about who knows about his like freebasing and like ping yeah. huffing and <laughs> what what do you think Tony Stark's drug of choice is? Uh definitely paint huffing. Glue glue I, sniffing. I figured it was bath salts, but I think you gotta be on the paint huffing. Yeah, maybe. I I like the idea of Iron Man spray painting his helmet and then gravity force dry going <laughs> <laughs> just Wafting it. Yeah. Jerry Jones has been caught. He's the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. He's been caught with prostitutes. Doesn't touch him. I think what's going to come out of this is quite possibly the um, the exposure <laughs> to the um, human trafficking because they they made mention that the 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 ladies in this massage spa were there against their free and okay. not many of them spoke English so. That's fucked up. That's always fucked up. Like when I say prostitution should be legal, I mean as in like a job that people decide to do of their own free right. will, not right. If a woman is prostituting herself, she's her own agent. Yeah, not we're not gonna prosecute the guys that are kidnapping girls from fucking Malaysia and bringing them here. Not anything like that. That's stupid. But right. Yeah, and I think see, he obviously he's I mean, Bob Craft, I, I have confidence is not involved in some sort of human trafficking ring. Oh, yeah. Uh, so he'll probably be pretty unscathed. He's denying the allegations, which, eh, you know, steer into the skid. That's what I say. You're way yeah, better off. And, um, you know, if liking back rubs and hand jobs is wrong, then I don't want to be right. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I, I want to be left. I want to be the stranger. <laughs> Well, anyway, poor guy, poor billionaire. Oh, shucks. Can I just acknowledge how 
disciplined we both were that when you said the thing to come out of this and neither one of us <laughs> overtly giggled. Well, That's the gross. subject is, is ripe, rife, <laughs> rife with material. Yeah, that's one of those sayings. It could be either one and you're not quite sure. Yeah. Ripe or rife. Well, that's what's going on in the news. The news. Uh, no other news is fit to report. It's just depressing. <laughs> yeah, this is terrible. Drugs, uh, homelessness. Um, homeless drugs. All yeah, drugs, drugs home. with no home. All drugs need a home. Although, uh, now that you mention it, I listened this morning on my way to work. Uh, Motley Crue has a new song called Dirt. Uh, I don't know if you know anything about Motley Crue, but they're all like recovering addicts. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially, um, I, I'm pretty sure Nikki Six is really <laughs> open, wrote a book about addiction and how it's, you know, terrible and how he lived that lifestyle for so long. And <laughs> so I'm listening to the song and uh, like one of the lyrics is like, we do all the cocaine and we tip the strippers with big titties and it's just like did you what like who are you writing this song for dude they're probably writing it because they all relapse and they need truck money <laughs> right well i mean that's I mean, the thing it's, it's gonna write a song go on tour and snort up all the cocaine <laughs> i just i i found that uh well it's not ironic it's just like dude you're a recovering addict and you're very vocal about it and now you're writing a song it's kind of hypocritical i guess but Plus, you know whatever he- Addict Tommy Lee. Uh-huh. I gotcha. If your drug of choice is Pamela Anderson, you're still recovering, I guess. <laughs> Maybe I am. Uh- <laughs> and all I did was watch the video. Um, <laughs> I know, right? No, and and to be honest, I, I don't even know if Nikki Six is part of Motley Crue anymore. I just, but yeah, whatever. It could just be Vince Neil and like three other dudes he's dredged up from a studio somewhere saying, "Hey, want to be part of Motley Crue?" Yeah, and they're like, "Yeah, what was that again?" Were you the one that wore the cowboy hat? Shit. Whatever. Just grab a guitar and come on. Yeah. Other people can be playing our instruments. Just <laughs> act like it. So anyway, that's that's in the news. I guess oh, it's not the news. It's just me listening to new music. <laughs> it's, have you heard the song? I mean, you heard the song again. You just talked about it. Is it any good? Yeah, it's actually really good. <laughs> <laughs> Is it like Motley Crue? Is it like, does it sound like? Um, it's imagine Motley Crue was transported via time machine to the year 2019 and said <laughs> via hot tub time machine hot tub time machine uh to a spa in jupiter florida where they got <laughs> handies and back rubs <laughs> now is it the stranger or somebody else jacks you off there with their left hand or is it just your own oh yeah i i think that's a double stranger that's, <laughs> that's an invasive that's a, stranger. That's, a home, that's a that's a home invader that's a menage a trois with hands <laughs> it's like what is a menage a trois with a robot <laughs> like it's Wait. there but it doesn't really count because it doesn't have a choice but it's always watching <laughs> your left hand yeah <laughs> no the robot like put a sock on it hey what are you doing why are you leaving me out and then you talk to it <laughs> oh socky and then you make it blow you and then jeez, <laughs> i can't i awful... can't stop i'm so bad i, this I have is a an problem. awful image of you forcing a sock up it, give you head, <laughs> and then make a mumble. No, 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 no. But it's Talk terrible about that sex you, trafficking. You gave it a male voice. <laughs> it's my hand. <laughs> well, what am I supposed to do with it? I mean, it's a stranger to you. Strangers can be male. <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> but not the ones blowing your dick. <laughs> Listen, it's 2019. You can't judge me for my sock puppets. <laughs> I just assumed the gender of your sock puppets. Yes. Maybe it's a very hirsute female. Okay. She's got flowing hair and thick pelts. I just want to take note to how derailed the podcast <laughs> is right now. <laughs> this is what happens when we don't have a real topic. And we're talking about sex trafficking of hand puppets. <laughs> okay, listen, this is a serious topic. Yeah. Sex trafficking is terrible. However, unless it's a hand puppet. <laughs> if you have I, I the urge. feel like, yes, you could, you could. You should pretty much get, a, get away with sex trafficking ham puppets. I, I feel like there's a loophole <laughs> or some kind of hole. I, this is terrible. <laughs> this is, this is, I can't put this, I can't, I cannot <laughs> put this podcast together. I'm going to, but right here, right now, I have to tell myself that this is just not a good idea to publish this podcast. Come on, talk to it. <laughs> Saki, you cannot convince me. Wait. Hello! Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't give your sock puppet a, a weird accent. That, that wasn't weird. <laughs> no, I'm talking like some foreign, like, oi! <laughs> Hello, Tom. My name is Petit Puppet de Soch. <laughs> That's like and a I... between French and Spanish. There's, what is the Spanish accent? Uh, listen to the lady that introduces our podcast that has it in for you. Hola, Tom. Hola, Steve. That's <laughs> right. She says my name much more sultry. Like, yes. Yeah. Like you've just had your, you, like you just spent a weekend sex trafficking her. Yeah. Me and Saki. You and Saki meet up with uh, this random uh, Latina. Uh, I don't know. Spanish is not necessarily Latino, right? Aren't you Latina if you speak a Latin language, but you live in the Americas? Is that how it works? Damned if I know. I've... What's the what's the what's the law say? Oh, hold on, let me look through my book. Uh, the law says you can say whatever the goddamn well you want. Mm, because I I realize this the the term Latino Latino. I was like, why? What is that? What is why is that a thing? Because Latin is Latin. It's like, oh no, it's people that indigenously speak. One of the Romance languages, French, Spanish, Portuguese, Romanian, and Italian, and and live in the Americas. So technically, a woman from Quebec could be a Latina. Well, when you're talking about Romance languages, you left out Cockney British. Cockney British? I have not. Yeah, that's definitely the language of Romance. <laughs> anyway, so um, we're not going to talk about anything today. We're we're kind of aimless, but we have segments we can delve into. Is what you? Uh, yes, your brainchild. The segments, let's, let's the flourishing an, of the segments. Let's do an unpopular opinion. Unpo okay, let's do it. Do you want me to give you my unpopular opinion first? Do you have an unpopular opinion? I found I got a list of unpopular opinions. <laughs> Some of them are very trite, but I got a list of them. Well, yeah. If yeah, we, we make this a, if if we make this a segment, then we'll do one. Okay. What's yours? I mean, unless you, oh, mine, my unpopular opinion is people who write with the caps lock key down are covering for something. And I think that something <laughs> might be <laughs> ignorance. <laughs> I think you might be right. Yeah. They're covering, like you're so diplomatic, they're covering for something. And that something is that they're deeply, deeply stupid. <laughs> 
listen, if you're listening right now <laughs> and you constantly use caps, all caps, all the time, hmm. you are covering for the fact that you probably don't know punctuation, spelling, grammar of any kind. You're just, you're a monkey banging on a keyboard, hoping the right <laughs> words come out. <laughs> well, okay. Like even before the advent of the internet when and emails and everybody having to learn some semblance of ability to type, you know, caps was not a thing you would do all the time. Like typewriters have been a thing forever and nobody typed in all caps. Like, so where did this come from? Why did people start doing it? You know? Well, in the chat world or email world, all caps means that you're yelling. <clears throat> right. So we've developed a, a language of typing. We've developed emoticons and little keyboard shortcuts and stuff like that to show that I'm being sarcastic or I'm being frivolous or I'm serious. So somebody that types in all caps all the time, you're looking at that going, you know that you're shouting. Why are you always shouting? Like, <laughs> What's wrong with you? What is this? I just, I imagine people shouting in ridiculous words because they don't know <laughs> good just... morning <laughs> how are you today i didn't realize that i needed to capitalize Not a the first in his <laughs> yeah that's that's perfect <laughs> i'm thinking more along the lines of i don't know when i'm supposed to capitalize words so i'm just going to capitalize everything and let you sort it out it's a way to seem very prominent right like now you have to pay attention to me, and I'll be goddamned if you don't. You you see like a string of I don't know paragraphs or God help us tweets or something. Your eyes going to be drawn to the all caps, the capital, yeah, all caps. You're going to judge it before you start reading it, but you're gonna you're gonna read it, right? Like who? This guy's probably an angry asshole. What's he saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, they're saying something bad about a sports player. Oh, I better pay attention to this. What? Oh, some politician is the devil. Oh, what's he say? Oh, there it is. <laughs> well, here's my little anecdote about all the caps lock. Not not it's not the all caps thing, but I guess tacking a writer onto your topic, people that use caps lock even just to capitalize the first letter of a sentence instead of shift had a crappy education. Yes. They did not have somebody in their life look at them as if they are the most bizarre person on the planet. <laughs> Anytime I see somebody, it's like when you see somebody walking around with their collar all disheveled, you want to walk up and be like, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. I know you can't see this. You probably rushed when you put your shirt on. Mm -hmm. Let me fix this for you. If I see somebody push the caps lock button or key, and then they type the first letter, and then they unlock the caps mm -hmm. lock, I I'm compelled you like as a good moral human being, you have to say, what did you just do? <laughs> you, you just offended my sensibilities <laughs> here. Let me, l let me show you the shift key I had. Okay. So I had a person in our, in our job that I was training in a certain area that mm -hmm. involves a keyboard. And I sat down and I had trained this person previously, but it involved nothing to do with typing. So I didn't realize it. So I was training him in this area and I, and we're doing the log side stuff. And I told him, okay, start typing this. And I sat there and watched his finger go towards the shift key and then keep on going. <laughs> keep what, heading north. What and are I'm you doing? Thinking, What's happening right now? What's he about to do? Hit the caps lock, hit, I don't know, T, hit caps lock again, start typing. And I was floored. I was like, wait, what? Did that just happen? Did I just see that? I could have yeah. just seen that. Yeah. And then 
end of sentence, he starts typing something else, caps lock, you know, R, caps lock. Keeps, I'm like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> but at this point, I was like, no, yeah. no, no. You have to throw in the flag at that point. You have to like run it up the flagpole and be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Stop. Like, what what did just do? What did you just do? What? Did you just hit the caps lock to type the one letter of the sentence? And then, <laughs> yeah, caps lock makes the capital. Ah! Yeah. I can't think of one argument where that would be the right way to do things. Like well, and the, the, the only way I can imagine that is if the keyboard is broken in both shift keys. <laughs> the, the shift key. Yeah, both shift keys. You're right. Yeah. Both shift keys don't work. Okay. I understand now. I understand. <laughs> uh, sub topic to the topic. Unpopular opinion. The right shift key is useless because nobody actually ever uses that for anything. Uh, I... I'm trying to think of when I do. Yeah, I'm gonna, the next time I type, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to check that out. I'm gonna have to take note. But, but uh, you know what's what? great about it? What's great is computers even give you a warning. I wish the warning. <laughs> you know, when you go to log in the computer and it says, "Hey, Your dumbass, caps lock is on." Yeah, caps lock is on, and then you're like, "Oh, I see. Somebody's been using this computer that does not know how to use the shift key." <laughs> Somebody. I mean, I think- Sometimes we all accidentally hit caps lock, but that freaking light comes on that says caps lock. And out of the corner of your eye, you're looking at it going, there's an extra light that I shouldn't be seeing. Right. Oh, caps lock's on. I'm going to turn that off because I'm a normal human being. But the the tail end of this story is that I got done training this guy, probably embarrassed the shit. In fact, I know I embarrassed the shit out of him because I belittled the crap out of him. And well, you should. And then the next time, like a month later, I trained somebody up there. He did the exact same what two separate people in a row did the exact same i'm like i've seriously asked them like what the hell did i just see (laughs) did you go to the same high school as this kid what's happening yeah is something is this a conspiracy i've never seen this and then two in a row i saw two people doing that Mm. i couldn't believe it could not believe that's like armageddon that's you should have just run out of the building yelling it's happening (laughs) say your prayers people it's all over why is have... there a caps lock key? I, I like, well, like, what's the point? That has to be a holdover from a typewriter thing. If you play a lot of PC games, sometimes they use caps lock as a shortcut key. That's it. That's the only reason. Hmm. Seems to me there's probably some research that needs to be done here. There's probably like we're probably the dumb ones. Like, Not, if you're ironically typing in all caps, that's what oh, it's for. I yeah. see. I want you're being a hipster. Yeah, they're gonna listen to me. They're going to finally hear me. <laughs> All right. That's my unpopular opinion. What's your unpopular opinion? Okay. Uh, well, like I said, I had a list, so I'm trying to think of the best one. Oh, Taco Bell is better than any Mexican restaurant I've ever been oh. to. <sighs> yeah. You're talking. That's the mother of all unpopular opinions. <laughs> Hell yes. I have been to some Mexican restaurants that I loved. I have some really good Mexican restaurants. Would go to Taco Bell. If given an absolute choice, you have to go here, here, I would pick Taco Bell. Yeah. I'm not going to disagree with you here. Mm-hmm. I love me some Taco Bell. Love it and so much. furthermore, when they announced that Taco Bell beef wasn't 100% beef, like mm-hmm. half of it was oatmeal, I was like, yeah, so, okay, so it's delicious. <laughs> actually, that, that makes it healthy now. I'm, I'm actually glad about this because now I feel better <laughs> about myself. Yeah. Ugh, this is outrage. Uh, Taco Bell doesn't have 100% beef. Yeah, well, whatever the fuck they're putting in it is delicious. I don't care. <laughs> Go I don't care if it's ground up horse anus. It's, it's tasting awesome. <laughs> Put some red sauce on that shit and I'll lick it up. 
<laughs> ground up horse anus. Yeah, we laugh at that, but it probably is. Yeah, delectable. Well, and then you're going to get the inevitable argument where somebody is yelling at their radio right now going, it's not even real Mexican food, so you can't compare it. Listen, it's got a freaking tortilla shell, beans, beef, and freaking cheese and onions. And fiery sauce. And some kind of sauce. You tell me it's not Mexican food. Inspired by it, the, it tacos in the name isn't taco like a, a Latino word? Ex- exactly. It's got the taco. It's got the burrito. It's got you know quesaritos. That's Mexican. That's a real world. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, we just lost Mexico as podcast listeners. <laughs> I'm not shit on Mexico. I'm just saying. Look, if if I went to um, Korea and they made a hot dog out of uh kangaroo look i got really hitting the notes on this one <laughs> if it was shaped and they they topped it with rice i would but they put it in a bun and it was shaped as a like a long elongated slab of meat i'm gonna still call that a hot dog yeah kangaroo dog kanga dog yeah i don't care it's a, it's a hot dog yeah it's all the rage down in uh australia well, the aussies Korea. all the aussies eat their vegemite kanga dogs well, what is vegemite Seriously, it's like a like a is it plant based, huh? It's like a spread that I guess is disgusting. But if you live in Australia, it's like nectar of the gods. Yeah, because I've always what's that what's that song? Land down under. There's a line. Yeah, about yeah. Getting uh, my Vegemite or whatever. She fed yeah. him a Vegemite sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm yeah. like, I've always known about it, but I have no idea what it is. We should get some and, and eat some on the podcast because I I know what it is, but I've never had any. We gotta be able to get some on the internet. Well, you bought caviar. It's true. Because you like to live fancy. I do. I love caviar. Well, internet caviar. Yeah. Amazon caviar. Amazon caviar, which was probably ground up horse anus. Yeah, but it's a little tiny spheres. I'm all set. I love it. (laughs) Look, it's all about the form the horse anus takes. That's the important thing. (laughs) In the form of a horse anus. It's like a shapeshifter. Horse anus it just could be everything all the time to everybody. It's a miracle food. It's going to cure is. world hunger. It's, it's the main ingredient in Vegemite. So like every time there's a Kentucky Derby or something like that, and the horses, the losing horses, start walking yep. off, there's a Straight whole group of Australians sitting there like clapping going, yes! <laughs> We're going to get us some horse anus Vegemite. Yeah! Spread it uh, on our toast. Australians at Taco Bell just waiting. <laughs> waiting in the wings. Yep. Well, that is quite the unpopular opinion. I, I you know, I got to say, it, I got to speak truth from my high perch. My, I have a soapbox. I'm going to use it. Well, I, w- I would say that Taco Bell is on par with any Mexican food, if you're going to call it. Because Mexican food, what we know as Mexi- Mexican food is Americanized anyway. Just like Chinese food is Americanized. Like if, if you wanted some authentic Mexican food, you're probably a. You're gonna have diarrhea. I mean, that's just for <laughs> real. But you I, don't, know. I don't look at it like as a negative, though. That's a cleansing process. Yeah, but like corn taco or, or corn tortillas. Um, what's the tamales? No, what is? It? I'm trying to think of something where they use the corn husk to wrap it up. And you know, you oh know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's that's, probably like way more authentic more. ways to eat Mexican food closer to the border in Texas, but um just like anything taco bell is just americanized mexican food and uh i 
I like, let me see. I'm trying to think of the most authentic I've had. I, I want to say the most authentic I had was at Disney World at Epcot Center <laughs> in the Mexican Pavilion. And I think they do a really good uh, a good job of trying to, you know, copycat whatever the authentic food is. Because I don't know if you know anything about Epcot Center, but they have the World Showcase where they have different countries represented by pavilions. So they have like a Japanese pavilion, a French pavilion, a Canadian pavilion, a British, yada, yada, yada. You go down the line of countries, Morocco. So that's have... one with the sphere, right? Yes. Spaceship Earth. Now, does the sphere spin? So you walk around the edge like it's spinning and the centrifugal force keeps you. So you're like walking like upside down and, you know, horizontally because it's spinning. And I could see that happening. No. Well, they're missing an opportunity. I'm sure they are. A matter of fact, there's an ad. It was a TV commercial where Mickey Mouse was standing on top of that thing. <laughs> and I remember it, it coming out. It could fling them off. That would be hilarious. But I remember like as when I don't know, the first time I saw that commercial, I was like, Jesus, how'd they get him up there? <laughs> but now that I've, you know, they've probably got hatches and all that shit. Because it's up there. That's a big, that's a big friggin' building. That's a whole ride inside that thing. That's lower from the helicopter. And it's, to be honest... Stick him to the bottom, and when it spins, he rotates to the top. Well, see, that's the thing, is it doesn't spin. But anyway, as far as I digress. Know. I could make it spin. When I tell you, you've never been on that ride, because you've never been to Disney. You poor, depraved... Yeah, I was going to say, you sound really judgy all of a sudden. Yeah, I'm going to get real judgy. If I tell you... You've never been to Disney. That globe, that giant globe-looking thing is called Spaceship Earth, and there's a ride inside. Where does your imagination take you? Like, what do you think that ride does? What's inside that ride? Besides spin. So you think it spins? Um, What's a ride do? Um, It's like an earthquake machine, so you sit on a mattress and just get bounced around. But the name of it is Spaceship Earth. Hence the earthquake (laughs) machine. Um, Or like, okay, so you're like in the center of the Earth, you ride a dinosaur. Ah, there might be some um, dinosaur like representation inside it. It's what, okay. seriously. I was just pulling out my ass. So no. So you sit in a little car and you travel very slowly and you wind yourself around on the inside of this thing. And there are different stages of the Earth that you witness, mostly mankind like Mm. so the earth didn't exist before man i'm not sure if you knew this but um (laughs) six thousand years ago (laughs) two thousand years ago uh no no that's just crazy talk (laughs) well if you read my manifesto they've done the calculations it's six thousand years okay so six thousand years ago Mm -hmm. but anyway it, it it takes you on a journey through the different eras of mankind all the way up to the future (gasps) <gasps> Wait, how old is this ride? Um, 80, 81. So uh, 83, at, 83. It was at some point, the future was like the fucking year 2000. Let's be honest here. Yes. Oh, yeah. They've had to update. Um, there's, they have plenty of rides that uh, kind of predicted the future, and the future was ten, like the year 2000. Or we're, we're past that. They, they have was, this. Was everybody in jumpsuits? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> imagine like like uh, Jacques Cousteau-style, you know, everything was that 60s era, um, you know, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea kind of yeah. feel to everything. And, uh, you know, 
you got to give them credit. They they did a lot of predicting with um, sea under underwater exploration and stuff like that. Um, they didn't just go to oh, the next place we're going to go is Mars, but um, they have a, a bunch of rides that kind of predicted the future and that they've had to update. Um, some of them they got rid of altogether. I th- I'm pretty sure the land, uh, not the land, the land is still there, but there was a ride called Horizons at Epcot that took you on a journey through the future. Oh. And I think the future was a little bit, they, they bit off a little more than they could chew. <laughs> it's another one, uh, the Carousel of Progress is another one that kind of was like, one day we're going to have, you know, our mail is going to come to us electronically on tablets that we hold in our hands, you know? <laughs> and it was like, in the year 2060, we will receive our mail electronically, you know? <laughs> and the we'll have like five inches thick. And yeah, you we'll have it up cordless the telephones in our cars. <laughs> and it's got this giant, like, like a like a normal you know rotary phone in a car and <laughs> in the year 2075 we'll be driving our car talking on the phone <laughs> news flash so, so it's, I love it's, it. it's always funny and a little depressing to see people's predictions of the future because it's either a like you said we're way past it way earlier than they thought and with better stuff or b we're never going to get there <laughs> like they got these things like oh you know flying cars and cities and domes and we're have colonies on the moon and it's like no. Well, we're no. we're we're subject to the uh the aliens that have visited us from Alpha Centauri. They um they don't permit us to do it yet. Right. They are they're slowly doling out the technology. Those as itchy bastards. Yep. As they want us to do stuff. I mean, uh they they oh it's time it, their timeline, they're ready for cell phones, give it to them. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, uh driverless cars. Yeah. They're on the edge. We we'll show it to them, but we're really not going to give it to them. Like we gave them nuclear technology, and they all flipped their shit about it. Yeah, like, what's right. idiot? So we're gonna we're gonna punish them, but I didn't give them anything cool for another fifty years. That's right. Like we were totally gonna give them like unlimited electricity, and yeah. they ended up blowing up other countries. <laughs> you really they couldn't can't handle their stupid toxic waste. Yeah. Ugh. Well, that's how. That's that's how the future works. Toxic waste. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, toxic it's waste. So, do you want to hit our other recent segment? <gasps> uh, monkey paw. Monkey paw. So, new segment called monkey. Actually, that's paw. not what I was thinking of. But now, oh now wait, what do you want to do? do what do you want to do? I was, th- I was thinking of philosophy, but yes, you did mention monkey paw. So, shit. Well, let's well, okay. philosophy then. Let's do philosophy. No, we could do monkey paw first. You came up with that. What was okay. your monkey paw? I don't have one. Because. <laughs> Because I had one when you mentioned it the other day. Now I can't remember what the frick I had. Uh, I wish that went bad. Well, here, no, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it. Uh, hmm. Maybe we save it for next time. I wish that I could teleport myself anywhere in the world whenever I want. So what would be the evil curse side of that, huh? Yep. You've you've got a monkey paw me. Okay. All right. You wish you could teleport yourself anywhere in the world anytime you want, but that's the only superpower you're given yes yeah that's my first on the monkey paw that's my first wish okay so the first time you teleport yourself to i don't know you're going to teleport yourself to japan to tokyo Mm -hmm. let's say you teleport straight into like a (laughs) underground (laughs) human trafficking brothel i was there you go (laughs) my monkey paw should be i can transport uh, or uh I can transport myself to anywhere 
but I can't, what was it? I was thinking about it earlier about how, what if you transported yourself? What if you like could do that? Um, but you reappeared like in a building, like actually in the structure. Yeah, inside, like a tree. Yeah. 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 See, I thought that too, but I, I want to go to Tokyo. Boop. You're all of a sudden like in a steel girder. (laughs) "Ah, Yeah. That'd be a good monkey paw. You appear inside one of those girls dressed as an anime character, <laughs> which would be not the way you want to be inside one of those Terrible. girls. Terrible. <laughs> that would be awful, really. Yeah, to be in one of them. Oh. <laughs> I'm talking like bloody gore, not fun, fun, happy crotch time. They can be one in the same. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You're just ruining Tokyo for me. Damn. No, I'm not. Let's be honest. That's <sighs> true. <laughs> But yeah, when you said, okay, my wish is to go anywhere, I would assume you mean, like, I want to go to Tokyo and I, into Tokyo, as in physically, you know. So I yeah. go, I would grant you that, but I, but you'd say, like, I want to go to Tokyo, but there's lots of parts of Tokyo. So if you can't be specific, you know, Evil Genie's going to say, all right, you're going to go into this place where you're going to get raped and beaten and kidnapped and you'll never see the light of day again, you know? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I suppose you'd have to be really specific if you were going to teleport yourself. You'd have to get real specific. Mm-hmm. Like I want to go like, like latitude and longitude, shit like that. Not only that, but time. You'd have to know. Yeah. You, yeah. You, like I want to go this at this point because otherwise the world turns and I'm going to. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. The Earth would be gone, and here I am reappearing. <laughs> You're floating in space, space, going bye bye. <laughs> Second wish. I wish I could breathe in space. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a really good one. I saw. Uh, it was a cartoon like a comic strip and it was an astronaut who got stranded in outer space and he had one wish. I, I don't remember where that, how that came about. Like, did he have a, did he meet like a space genie or something? I don't know. And he was just like, I wish I couldn't, or yeah, I wish I couldn't die. That was the thing. And the genie was like, okay, wish granted. And then he's floating in space forever. Yeah. Right. That would be horrifying. <laughs> yeah. He'd eventually run into something. Yeah. Eventually it could be billions of years. <laughs> Do you remember Twin Peaks? I never watched it, but I remember it being an existing thing. Wow, there's an awesome little conversation that makes no sense, but it's great. It's, uh, if you were falling through space, do you think you'd slow down after a while or go faster and faster? And then the girl, the other girl goes into like a trance and she's like faster and faster. Eventually you'd burst into fire and nobody could save you. It's great. You should go to, <laughs> wow. you should go to YouTube and look it up. It's, <laughs> It's one of my favorite TV moments. I don't know what you do because you could reach, I don't know, terminal velocity. Is that a thing in space? Like I feel like there'd be an upper limit wow. to just. There'd be no limit. You would not slow down, but why would you speed up unless you hit something grab like a gravitational pull or something? Or like if your original, whatever originally. Oh, geez. Can you imagine if you're the astronaut that never dies? You get caught by a star, so it gets sucked into the heart of the star and that's it. You're not even going to float around and see different things. You're now your entire existence is floating in the middle of the star, seeing nothing but light. Yeah, but you're not dying. Ah, that's depressing. For eternity. Until the star winks out or becomes a black hole. And then what happens? Nobody knows. Holy crap. Uh, that's cosmic, man. I wish I was smoking a joint right now, man. <laughs> My mind just got blown. It's better than your sock puppet. <laughs> sock puppets need love too. So what's your monkey paw? All right. Pretty standard, I guess, but I could read the thoughts of everybody around me. Ah, so you can read the thoughts of everyone around you Mm -hmm. and have to deal with 
everybody at once. Oh, all the thoughts, like just like all a, the thoughts would come at the same time. So it would like be crowd nothing screaming in your head, but a stream of other people's thoughts <laughs> nonstop and you couldn't shut it off. So if you want to say you went outdoors to the grocery store, you would hear everybody's thoughts all at once in that grocery store it and you wouldn't be, like, be able, yeah. you wouldn't be able to decipher. If you like living on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange all the yes. time, everywhere. Yeah. Yes. That's that my suck. monkey paw. <laughs> See, now, I was thinking, was you going to go to the area of, yeah, you can hear everybody's thoughts, but you don't get to choose the thoughts. Like, you hear everybody's thoughts. So that guy that you're walking by that thinks you look ugly or that chick that thinks you're a freak or that you scare her or the person that you, re you realize that you thought was your friend and really secretly hates your guts, you know all that crap. <gasps> What was your original wish? Can read the thoughts of the people around me. Okay, the people around you. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought that maybe you said you could read everyone's thoughts. And oh, that geez. would be every human being on the planet at the same time. <laughs> Somebody somewhere is planning to murder a whole lot of people, but I have no idea who or where. <laughs> oh, no. You would not be able to pick out one single voice. Uh, it would be just straight. Like, ah, all the time. <laughs> just a hum. Just like white noise yeah you would absolutely <clears throat> blow your head off okay you can read thoughts but only one person's thought at a time that's, that's your wish thought. yeah You're, so you've 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 changed like, i'm, I'm just smart enough to say i want to read thoughts but only one person's thought at a time but you can't choose the person ah okay uh, <laughs> so it might be somebody <laughs> it might be somebody you just read the thoughts i already got you done get away i don't want I'm trying to read her thoughts right now. What's wrong with you? Get away from me. Yep. You can't choose. And just to be a dick that Jeannie makes. So like, it's never the one you want to. It's, if there's yeah. ever a choice, it's never going to be the one you yeah. want to. Welcome to the monkey's paw. <laughs> uh, what an asshole. Yep. I'd be a pretty good asshole, Jeannie. Oh, yeah. It'd be fun. All these people, like, you feel like you're like a holy warrior. Like, you try to take shortcuts. You try to get things that people can't. Screw you. You're going to pay for it. That's right. Nothing I'm like trapped. It. I'm trapped in this lamp for eternity. I got you plenty mean, of time. That's that is what I want to see in this uh Aladdin remake. I don't want to see a, a remake of Aladdin. I want to see Will Smith being the asshole genie. Yeah. Like like, like nobody it's no what nobody expects. Everything is flipped on the side. And Will Smith's like, oh, I'll grant you a wish, Aladdin. And then by the end, like Jasmine and Jafar are married and Aladdin's like living on Mars or something. Just batch it crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can't wait to see that. <laughs> And the tiger is the actual king of Persia or whatever. <laughs> and everybody eats horse anuses. Well, that's not. I mean, that's in real life. The... Mm, delectable. That's that'd be a documentary, not a not a remake of a movie. Horse anus, the story of Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd watch that. Yeah, hell yeah. How would you not? Mm -hmm. Produced by L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> it's a religion. It is now. <laughs> <sighs> you want to do some philosophy? I got a good philosophy question, a serious one this time. Okay, let me go first because I think that mine will be quick and not so serious. Okay. Well, it's not that it's not so serious. Have you ever heard of humans having two brains? Well, I've heard of big brain, little brain, but it's probably not what you mean. No, I'm not talking about the penis. No, okay. I'm talking... For once. <laughs> yes, once, for once in my life, for I'm once. not talking about penis. The one time you're ever not... <laughs> metaphorically having a penis in your mouth that'd be a good monkey paw <laughs> everything is a penis reference <laughs> uh wait that's already how can you wish for something that's already that's the right case? i want to be able to speak every language 
okay, you can, but you have to only speak in penis euphemisms. <laughs> no matter what you say, the first word out of your mouth is penis in whatever yeah. language you speak. <laughs> penis. And then I was visiting my mom. <laughs> All right. So the theory about having two brains is you have a brain in your head and then you have a gut brain. Okay. And the gut brain is basically like this giant uh, bacteria organ mm -hmm. that controls a lot of what you do. Yeah. And I guess it's the monks, the Tibetan monks maybe have... Oh, sure. Of course it was. It's always the Tibetan monks. It's always the Tibetan monks. But they have learned a process of meditation that lets them control or tap into that second brain and use it for things other than guidance on how to keep the bacteria alive. Such as? Such as being bulletproof. Oh, I got to see that. Well, there's a movie. Called Bulletproof? Bulletproof Monk. Okay, oh, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. All right, all right. So anyway, yeah, just the um... is that seriously the premise of the movie? He like uses gut bacteria to bulletproof. Because I really want to see this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it's about. Hell yeah! It's got Sean William Scott in it. So oh my god, I have seen that movie. It yeah, sucked. It's about gut bacteria. I do remember that movie. That was a terrible. It's like Chow Young Fat and Chow William Scott. That's right. Oh, it's terrible. No, I'm. I I don't know. There is a um a philosophy, I guess, that there is a second brain, and you can control it if you if you live a certain lifestyle, possibly with diet and meditation and stuff like that. You can you can overcome whatever this second brain is trying to tell you and. And use it for like, I don't know, spiritual guidance and all kinds mm -hmm. of stuff. Well, that's not, I have a hard time saying philosophy because it's actually just science as far as one aspect. Like the thing I was talking about with Taco Bell, like, I'm not even kidding. My thought went to this. It... Yeah, I just lost okay. sound. No, that was my fault because I hit the I hit the space on the keyboard. Anyways, not caps lock though. So <laughs> we're okay. Yeah. Uh, is that, because this is science. They've done research on this. There is the gut the flora in your in your gut the bacteria yep live according to what you feed it just like anything else you feed it and organisms adapt to what its environment is so like the taco bell thing if i feed a lot of crappy fast food i encourage the formation of that kind of bacteria in my gut which in turn wants to live it's an organism all living organisms try to survive so it's going to do what it can to keep propagating itself and living in keeping its species alive so it's going to send chemical signals to your brain giving you cravings for the kind of things it needs to stay alive crappy fast food yep so like when i say i love taco bell more than anything it's because i have a second brain telling me you love taco bell more than anything and essentially that said in that matter and you can control that if you have enough willpower to overcome the urges i'm not going to break down and go to mcdonald's on the way home i'm not going to do this i'm Going to eat just fucking vegetables and fruit for three, four, five weeks straight. Eventually, it becomes easier. It's not just habit forming. It's you've killed off the the evil entity inside you, whispering to you to be bad. <laughs> essentially, I mean, it sounds spiritual, but it's just physical. It's like there is something living inside you that's whispering yes. to you and tempting you. You and have a second brain, but you're committing genocide to do it. Is that? <gasps> I know. Killing all that bacteria. 
It just can't wants we just, to live. Can't we just get that bacteria out of my body to go live somewhere else yeah. temporarily? Make so a farm upstate so it can frolic. So I can enjoy this vegetarian burger in quinoa. Mm, the Vegemite. Mm. Yes, I think that, that is, that's a huge uh, factor in diets and the way people live. And I think that if you can live a more healthy lifestyle and meditate, I think that that has something to do with it. Like it's just getting over the hump. It's uh powering. I keep telling myself that too. Like and it, it never works. I know Taco Bell exists because Taco but, Bell is delicious. Mm-hmm. Dunkin' Donuts is delicious. Yeah, and coming up pretty soon. Girl, Girl Scout cookies are delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so anyway, but yes, you're right. Like that's freaky because well, it kind of goes into my a little bit. A little bit. It goes into a segway. Segway. Do it. Okay. Segway. It's kind of funny. If I'll explain it. So thought experiment, hypothetical. What do you? Whatever you want to call it. I saw this. There's a little video about it. There's a series of them, but this is the one that interested me. It's called the love pill. So there's a scenario. You have a a chemistry teacher, a high school chemistry teacher, let's say, who is single and goes about his day, but he can't stop thinking about this new English teacher that started. She's beautiful, she's smart, she's funny, and she's single too. And over and they, you know, they talk and they laugh and they have a good time and they're friends. And over time he falls head over heels in love with her. But she's not interested in him. She likes him as a friend, they hang out, but she's shows no kind of romantic feelings towards him. But he's the Walter White of forlorn schlubs, and he invents a love pill. And it's exactly what you're thinking. It's a little pill. He puts it in her food and she will fall head over heels in love with him. Right or wrong? Wrong. Good or bad? Wrong. Bad. Now, think of it this way. There's a whole slew of points. He, you, I guarantee you, and I'm playing devil's advocate on this before I, everybody starts looking at me like I'm a freak. This is all the thought experiment. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm not advocating roofing women. So having said that, let's, let's look at it this way. You, I, I'm guessing you're saying it's wrong because you're taking away her choice, right? She doesn't. Right. She can't choose. What if he worked out, got in shape, got a great haircut, you know, learned to play the guitar, took singing lessons, took did all the things that she like, read all the poetry she loved and memorized it and started saying it back to her and convinced her to fall in love with him? How is that her choice? Are you, can you choose your beliefs? Can you choose to be convinced? I think so. I I. I don't think that they're the same thing. Like, where's the choice aspect of either one of them? Well, if she has no choice, there isn't a choice with the pill. With the pill, right? Is there a choice if she is convinced? Like, like once again, I firmly believe that you don't choose your beliefs. And if she comes to believe that she is in love with him because he checked off box A, box B, box C, box D, and then boom, that's all she needed, and she was in love with him. It sounds. It's taken it's sucking the joy right out of it. It's taken all the romantic notions right out of it. But in the end, isn't kind of that's what love is? Is that person that checks all your boxes for you? <laughs> I suppose, but or at I least think... enough of the boxes. Right. Well, I mean, there's there's boxes that need to stay unchecked too. Do you know what I mean? So you, like you can't love somebody if they're perfect. But is is that perfect? Like I I, I guess what I'm struggling with is there's. In one scenario, there's always a choice. Even if he does check all the boxes, she still has a choice. Whereas there's a, there's if, a hypothetical moment where 
even if we don't know it, there's something that would cause her to fall in love with somebody, maybe even not even him. But if she is capable of love, then there are circumstances that would cause that to happen. And if he he found that combination, like instead of inventing a love pill, he read her diary. Would that be bad? Well, beside that, that being like an intrusion on somebody's privacy. Maybe, I mean, if, if you get past that. Maybe and, she put it online. He read it not knowing it was her at first and then coming to realize that later. But he already had the knowledge. So he never intentionally invaded her privacy, but he came by this knowledge naturally. And he has it. Would he say, I am not going to do the things that she's looking for because I don't want to take away her choice? Well, or would he be like, hell yeah, this is how I make her fall in love with me? All, all, even in real life, outside the scenario, it's all levels of manipulation. Like, mm -hmm. whether we like it or not, we do some of the things that we do with our loved ones in order to manipulate. And nobody's above it. Yeah, well, manipulation We all do it whether, whether it's refusing to bring up a topic that you know is going to make this person angry, mm -hmm. even though it might need to be something that's talked about. You know what I mean? Like, there's always a level of manipulation. That's positive, too. Like, saying... Like two people, two friends talking. I'm going to say this thing that's going to make him laugh. In the back of your mind, it's always, I'm going to say this thing that's going to make him laugh so he'll think better of me or she'll think better of me or the group will think better of me. It's a calculated move to manipulate people to thinking positively of you. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. I think that there's a flip side to that too. I think there are people that are naturally charismatic that don't need that manipulation. I like... I, I I don't know this for a fact, but I just have this idea that they're like Jack Black comes mm -hmm. to mind as somebody that probably, you know, is just naturally funny. People naturally like him. People naturally gravitate towards him. And he probably doesn't have to work hard. Like Joe, well, Joe Rogan's another one. I think that he has a confidence level that is at a level that he can get away with a lot more things than other people can. Well, uh, it's like it's like because, a concert pianist. You know, I could not do what he does or she does, but they got to that level by a lot of practice and they got to a high enough level that now it's natural for them. It's, you know, quote unquote, easy for them, but it's still the, they're still manipulating the same keys, even though it's easy. They're doing it in a way that's amazing and natural and like breathing to them now, but they had to work and work and work and work till they get to the level. And they're still manipulating all the same keys they did as a guy playing, you know, blah, blah, black sheep on the piano. So the comedians, the charismatic ones, they're manipulating the same, you know, tugs of the mental strings and they do it easily and naturally, but they still had to work to get to that level. They had to develop a personality that makes that easy. They had to develop an instinct for jokes and for talking and for, you know, whatever the case may be, but they're still manipulating and pushing all those buttons. It's still a manipulation. It's still dealing with other people in a way they don't have a choice. Their only choice is to engage or not engage with you, but they're if as long as they have ears that hear, you are manipulating them. And I'm saying that's not like manipulation has a bad connotation, but it's not always a bad thing. These yeah. are social wheels that turn. This is how we live with each other and work and fall in love and form friendships and you know move society forward is all these little daily manipulations between people. So why is it wrong to make a love pill? Because I I still feel like there's no choice in the love pill. So even though feeling. even though the the manip yeah it could be just as simple as a feeling because even though there's manipulation if you if you take the degrees of manipulation down 
even one notch beyond the pill, there's still a level of choice. There's still at least the iota of choice. Whereas with the pill, there's no choice. The, the choice was taken away. Well, okay, here's a new wrinkle then. Okay. Think of this A. Not, okay, this is probably not going to change anything, but think of it this way too. He, the chemist teacher, did not have a choice of falling in love with her. He did not look at her and says, you know, his dog, he shook her hand for the first time on the day one said, oh yeah, I'm totally going to fall in love with you. I'm going to make myself fall in love with you. It happened over time as he got to know her. You know, like he probably saw her and said, she's attractive. Then he talked to her. Oh, she's she's witty. Then he got to know her a little. Oh, she's kind too. Oh, she likes the same things I do. And then over time, he fell in love. He did not force himself to fall in love with her. It just happened naturally. So A, he didn't have a choice. So is he not maybe also a victim of her? Not that she's... Uh, she oh, wore that oh. skirt, Your Honor. She was asking to be <laughs> raped. No. Yes, no, yeah. Well, like I said, devil's advocate. I, th- I feel like I should reveal my hand too. I also say no, don't make the love pill. Probably for the same reason. Just it's a feeling. There's like an intangible. But I still want to delve into this. And poke I, holes I in it. think that what you're coming up with is that we don't have a choice. Well, and, also. And your, I know your thought process about choice and stuff like that, where right. you uh, you feel like, I don't know, I, I, I agree to some degree that you might not have a choice for when you die or like choices that you make that lead you to a certain, like, I don't know, coincidence plays a part in that. Maybe, you know, I, some people will call it God's plan. Some people will call it coincidence. Some people will say what you will about any life. It, it freaks me out to think that people that die by a bullet, like a bullet rolled off an assembly line somewhere, with the intention mm-hmm. that like that bullet is going to kill, take somebody's life. That, right. for, that, that thought is like, that bakes my noodle thinking about stuff like that. So well, out of that, just, it could be this tadpole was spawned in a pond and it will become a frog that jumps out of a, onto a lily pad and onto, uh, you know, a street side. And this guy driving down the road sees that frog and says, wow, when's the last time I saw a frog? looks out the window and is attracted for half a second when this person was crossing the street and slams into him. So you died purely because some stupid frog five weeks ago put a tadpole in this one pond in this one spot. Fucking frogs. Goddamn frogs. (laughs) That's the chaotic nature of our existence. And yet it's utterly not chaos because it's noble. But it's not where I want to go with it. So another wrinkle. One more wrinkle. One more wrinkle. Let's say... Somehow we know he knows he knows her well enough that for whatever reason he hasn't sparked that love in her. But changing nothing else, just making her fall in love with him for the purposes of this exercise, he knows for sure that once he gives her this pill, she will be blissfully happy. They will be blissfully happy together. They will have the most fulfilled, joyous life, so much happier than she will be now. Just absolutely. Like they're going to have kids and they're going to have a nice house and they're going to go on vacations. They're going to have like all the storybook, everything you could ever think of for a fulfilling life, which she doesn't have at the time. She's lonely right now. She's, you know, she's kind of morose because she doesn't have him in her life. For whatever reason, she's not choosing him. But if she did, he knows somehow magically for this thought experiment that they would be happy forever, blissfully happy. Would it still be wrong? If he does it without her consent, yes. Wow. I say, if I'm the guy inventing the pill, 
I go to her and say, ah, that's here's that's the it. thing. That's the last wrinkle. He's also fairly sure that if he gave her the option and explained it to her and convinced her, take this pill, you're going to fall in love with me and you'll be happy forever. He at least gives it a 50-50 shot that she'd say yes. Yeah, but, I, I think but it's, that... It's just as high as no as yes. It's 50-50 enough. Well, yeah, I mean, that's Aha, the you only way to do it. 50-50 is enough. 50-50 is enough for you to roofie this chick and make her fall in love with you. No, no, no. I'm no, saying, you said yes. <laughs> I'm saying the I only gotcha. thing that you can do is ask for consent. That's the only course of action is to say, this pill is going to make you fall in love with me and we're going to have the most blissful life. And if she says, yeah, right, what do you have to lose? And then put it, put the ball in her court and say, you can either take the pill or not. Mm-hmm. Hey, that'd be a good pickup line. That's right. <laughs> That's give right. Some, and then give somebody she's a like, cupcake and say, I put a magic pill in here. Yeah. If you eat this cupcake, you are going to be blissfully happy and fall in love with a me. half hour later when you're in the backseat of a cruiser with handcuffs <laughs> on. But your honor, I told her it was in there. She did it with her consent. <laughs> she had consent. It was her <laughs> choice. She didn't really believe me. Uh, but yeah, uh, think of from his perspective. Let's say he's like, if I explain it to her, I have once again, ma- like magically in this thought experiment, he says, I am absolutely sure there's a full 50% shot that she would say yes. In fact, fuck it. Say there's a 75. Like, I am 75% sure. And I know this from my magic calculations that she would, if I said it to her, she would say, okay, give me the pill. But 35% is too big of a margin of error for him. And he's afraid of that 35%. Would that still be okay for him to not tell her and give her the No, pill? he has to tell her. You you would have to tell where's, somebody. Where's the percentage line? 99? There, there is no. There is no percentage. If there was, a, if there was only a 1% chance that she would say no. No. no then you there, still wouldn't do it. No, because I you you A, like what at what point in his life would he be sick of her and think the only reason she loves me is because I gave her this pill? Ah, so blissfully happy. Too- his, his magic calculations said they would be blissfully happy forever. There'd be a 1% chance. Nope. Uh, you're, you're going outside the bounds of the thought experiment. Not allowed. <laughs> I'm saying. You're trying to wiggle out of it. From a, no, I'm you're saying trying, that I don't, I, don't care. I don't care what magic pill you got. You're married and you're with somebody for 50 <laughs> fucking years. Something is going to piss you off. You're a bad philosopher. If you're if you're married for two years, it, hell, <laughs> if you're married on your honeymoon, something that person is going to do is going to be like, oh, man, what the fuck? He's a super chemist. It's all in the pill, man. It's going to make sure that oh, doesn't okay. happen. Uh, I I say in in the real world, there's no such thing as manipulating somebody without their consent and it being right that doesn't see, okay, exist there you go that's the hard step so that's see this is the beauty of thought experiments because you have to take the parameters everybody will do this everybody finds that and the, the question is usually the asshole like i'm the asshole in this situation where i start twisting the screws a little bit saying what if this and what if that yeah like make it try to boil it down to a pure essence yes or no is it always or never permissible is this always or never the case you know, whatever the thought experiment, this is, I love thought experiments for these reasons and philosophers use them all the time because everybody tries to weasel out of them. Not, I'm not trying to shit on you seriously because everybody gets uncomfortable and they try to weasel away. Like, okay, I was going to say, but let's talk about the trolley experiment, the trolley problem. You know, the trolley problem, right? Yep. Yep. You pull the lever and three people die or you let it go and, or you, you let the train go and three people die or you pull the lever and one person dies. 
no, no, people. you, you. So the uh, there's a there's a train running. You have it the opposite, but uh, I saw, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but sir, you have it the opposite. It's um the train's out of control. You're at the switching yard, and it's gonna hit uh three people. Is that what you said? Yes. Okay. I, cor I corrected myself. It's gonna hit three people, or you pull the level the lever, and it's only gonna hit one person. Okay, you're right. I'm sorry. So do I, you kill I the three to... people, or you, do you kill the one person? Somebody's yes. gonna die. Yes. And the idea being, it's better. Like you don't know anybody involved. If you don't do anything, more people are going to die than if you do something. Most people say, yes, I'll pull the lever and hit the guy, the one person. It's better to just have one person die than three people. But then you start turning the screws a little bit and you add the wrinkle. What if you were on a bridge overlooking the tracks? You didn't have the lever, but you had a big, huge, fat dude standing next to you. So the train's out of control. It's going down the tracks. It's going to hit five people. Or this guy's leaning over the railing going, wow, that's fucked up. These people are going to die. And you could easily nudge him over throw him onto the tracks and the train would hit him and derail and only kill him. Would you push the fat guy over? No. And that, almost nobody says yes. Yeah. Cause that's murder. Whereas if it hits the other people, that's an accident. That would be interesting. Seriously. Would that, would, if you went in front of a court, if that one person's family decided to sue you, what would the court say? If I'm a juror, I'd say that's murder. You murdered that guy versus the five people on the tracks. If they had been hit and killed, that would have been an accident. Well, like the lever one. So, like, if you pull the lever and hit the one guy, you think that's still murder or that's not murder? I'd say that's murder. So, both scenarios is. I I just feel like, and that's a feeling. I don't know what the law would say. There's some probably some Good Samaritan Act or something like that, because in the end, you don't know what's going to happen. You you don't know what's going to happen to any of those people until mm -hmm. it happens. You know, the horn. The maybe the the one guy has headphones on and can't hear where the three people are just not paying attention and at the last second they jump out of the way right so, that's well that's that's always the wiggle room or that's the trying to weasel out of the everybody does it everybody will sit there with your thought experiment and try to think of a caveat that gets them out of making the hard choice well because, no my i've already made my hard choice right yeah and i'm telling you why i've made my hard choice my hard choice is don't pull the lever it's because it, right just just i mean this is quote unquote God's plan or whatever. I mean, this is, it, this, it's a tragedy if these three people get run over by this train, but how am I going to live with myself if I've pulled the lever and killed this one person that was wearing earbuds and listening to music where the mm -hmm. three guys were just talking and not paying attention. And at the last second, they jump out of the way. I like, I, if I pull the lever, I wouldn't have known, but you can always change the parameters of the thought experiment they're all listening to headphones or none are or something like that. You know, you can always change it. So you still have to come down to, you have to abandon your caveats. Well, maybe this, these guys might jump out of the way. There's absolutely no chance. These guys will jump out of the way, changing whatever parameters you need to do that. Would you right. still not and hold I would rather the three guys die. So they're, yes, do, they're like, you know, they're going to die. Yes. If I okay. know they're going to die, I would much rather know that I'm not the one that pulled the lever to do it. So and maybe that's a bitch move. Maybe that's a cop out. That's a lot of people would say, I can't be that. And I'm not faulting you for this. I'm just saying yeah. a lot of people would say, I can't be that selfish. I'd rather sacrifice my own well-being, pull the lever and let the train hit the one guy. But almost nobody says, I'll push the fat guy onto the tracks. So what's the difference? Murder. <laughs> but is it murder? Like, like, this is what fascinates me. Like, but isn't it murder to pull the lever? Like I just it is murder so, to pull the lever. Like you've you've already said yours, I guess. So like I I'm not talking to you. I like, I don't know. I, so I'm asking your opinion. Like my opinion so on what most people of, would say. 
Yeah, getting the head of people that would pull the lever but not push the fat guy. What do you think the difference? Would be? Well, I, I think that it's okay. Staying within the parameters, you know, pushing this fat guy is going to derail the pl- the the train. There's and there's no the fat guy. and kill the fat guy. The fat guy right. is going to die. It's going to derail the train, and the people on the tracks are going to live. Like right. those things will happen. There's no wiggle room. Right. Right. And you want to know what I think the normal person would feel. Right, you already said you're not going to push the lever. So I'm, I'm not pushing the fat guy. Right. I'm not pulling the lever. Right. If if it's deciding or or thinking about what other people would do hypothetically, I think most people. Well, and I, I kind of have an inside track on this because I did watch that Vsauce episode mm-hmm. of the, the trolley experiment. Um, and most people copped out almost yes. all the people copped out and said, there's got to be some other mechanism. There's got to be somebody else in charge. There has to be somebody or some other way. This isn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. The three people getting run over is not going to happen because there has to be another person making a call. Not me. Which is so funny the- because almost everybody asked this question says, I'll pull the lever. But when they made it real, the Vsauce thing, only what two people actually did pull the lever. Yeah. And everybody else is like, nope, not touching it. So people speak a big game, but don't actually. <laughs> yeah. And I'm I'm just saying outright that I would not pull the lever. So there's another layer to this, which is for the people. So there's some people out there. They've, they've Philosophers love this one, you know, ethicists and stuff. And they'll ask people ad nauseum. And they're always going to find people that say, yes, I'll pull the lever. And yes, I'll knock the fat guy on the tracks. Even if I have to go to prison, I've saved five people's lives. And I'll, I'll go to prison knowing I did the right thing. You know, I sacrificed two people, essentially, the guy that got killed in my freedom. But I've saved five people. So just by math, I've done the world a net good. So there's some people that will say that. So they always throw a third scenario in there. It's like, okay, imagine a doctor. He has five people on a list that need an organ transplant in the worst possible way. They need it soon, within a week, or they're all going to die. Different organs, but they all need a different, but five people need an organ transplant. In his office, he has this dude that does nothing. Perfectly healthy, but he just sits around all day and doesn't have a job. He lives off, you know, welfare. He has no friends, no family, no loved ones. He's, oh, his entire life is just sitting in front of the TV all day, eating chips. Or somehow he's like, got all these really healthy organs. Is the doctor justified in killing that guy, harvesting his organs and giving it to the five people? You can even say the five people, you know, one's the freaking president, one's the Pope, one's the, you know, leader of the Boy Scout, you know, one's a nurse who has saved a thousand lives, one's, you know, the mother of 12 children. You know, you can make the people like the most important. Yeah, one guy is, is curing diabetes. Yeah. One guy is on the brink of discovering cold fusion is going to change the world, but he needs this new heart or else he's going to die. Would the doctor be justified in killing? And the guy that he kills, he's not evil. He's not a criminal. He hasn't killed anybody. He's just useless, but he has great heart. Well, okay. The wiggle room in this is that the Hippocratic oath prevents him from doing it. Okay. But would the so, doctor be justified in abandoning his oath to do this? Uh with the, is, do the ends justify the means, I guess, is the ultimate question of the trolley problem and all of this. No, because it's still murder. I feel like the ends always justify the means. We just never know what the ends are. So in a perfect abstract world, yes, the ends will always justify the means. But 
in the real world, in the here and now, my actions, I have no idea what the outcomes is actually going to be because there are always unintended consequences. Monkey so if, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Bring it back full circle. So if, if I could say, listen, if I, you know, if I nuked Australia because fuck Vegemite. Yep. And I do my calculations and I say, because I nuke Australia, the world is going to be a better place. It's going to bring everybody together. It's going to be the Watchmen scenario. I do this one thing that destroys and kills millions of people. You know, you saw Watchmen, right? The movie? Yep. How at the end something happens and everybody in New York dies, but it causes the entire world to freeze and stick back from nuclear war and come together to fight a common enemy. Like if I nuke Australia, it's going to save the world. Like I have that thought and I'm so sure of it. If I was absolutely, if I could be metaphysically sure, which is not true in life at all, but 100% true, which is never the case, I would say, yes, the ends justify the means. But in the here and now, if I'm just some schlub with a fucking finger on the button, no, you can't do that because you don't know what's going to happen. You only can right. guess what's going to happen. So in real life, the trolley comes down the track and you hit the lever to kill the one guy and save five. Maybe those five guys are going to go on to do jack shit and the one guy would have cured cancer. You don't know. Right. You know, maybe the guy that the Dr. Harvested his organs was going to inadvertently stumble into traffic and cause somebody to hit the brakes, saving somebody else down the road that was going to discover how to go to Mars easier. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. So the ends in theory justify the means, but we never know what the ends are. That's right. my take on it. Well, wow, that's that's deep. I know, right? I think my Ooh. second brain, my gut bacteria just Twittered. Twitterpated. Twitterpated. <laughs> uh, dude, that's heavy. That's some heavy shit. Speaking of gut bacteria. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, but I think I have weird flip flop ideas about that kind of stuff. And I just, I'm, I'm pro life for myself. And this isn't, you know, admission time. Hmm. This isn't confession time. I'm pro-life for myself. I'm pro-choice for every other human being on the planet. Which essentially just means pro-choice. Like as in every person gets to decide for themselves. Yes. I'm I'm pro-choice and pro-life for myself. And the only way I can explain that is I'm one half of a baby maker. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And... If for some reason my wife and I, even before my wife and I were married, even, you know, previous relationships and all that, if I impregnated a woman and it were ever on the, like an abortion was ever on the table, a decision Mm -hmm. that needed to be made, my vote is pro-life. Right. But I also understand that there's another person that has a vote and that other person has, like, my vote counts for 49%.Ure, right, right. And the, the woman's choice counts for 51%. And I think that I would do my best to campaign, but I, in the end I know that my my opinion of being pro-life is just mine alone. So that's why I say I'm pro-life for myself, pro-choice for everybody else. Yeah. But I'm also in support of the death penalty. <laughs> uh, but I also don't believe in murder. And I'm not saying that I'm a like I've never been put into a combat situation and I talk a big game when I'm watching movies and stuff like that. But in the end, I think, you know, ISIS, those dogs over there have determined their own fate. And if a nuke wiped out 
the entire group of ISIS fighters that would be okay with me. Otherwise, in war zones with women and children, you know, you hate to see that kind of stuff. I certainly don't wish that on anybody, but I know bad shit Mm. happens. But for myself, I couldn't go to another country and gun down women and children and stuff like that. Right. Uh, It's a pretty strong stance you just took there, man. I don't know. Not killing women and children. That's. <laughs> I don't think I and I would have a hard time killing enemy combatants too. Oh, okay, especially well, that is. you know what I mean. Like, well, there's a reason we have to dehumanize the enemy because right instinctually we don't. Well, humans are fucked up because instinctually we shy away from hurting people. We do, but at the same time, instinctually we'll lose our shit and try to kill somebody for like small things. It's like if we they, are all they... Jekyll and Hyde. Every if one they of us drive in the left lane down 295. Y- yes, exactly. <laughs> like <laughs> but, if we get that small, tiny, crystalline second where the fucking monkey paw genie says, "You want to kill him?" Fuck yes. <laughs> uh, and that second passes, you're like, "No, God, no, I don't want to kill somebody because they're driving like an asshole." But but there's a, there's that one instance where you just that, the arc of your personality hit that hide moment instead of the Jekyll moment, and you're like, "Yes, they must I, know." Or even a little milder, maim them for life and let them know that it's because they've messed with me. Yeah. I guess the point is that I was trying to make was that uh, all life is sacred, but it's complicated. And if you have taken a every, life. Every sperm is sacred. Life of Brian. Mm, no, uh, that, was a, uh-huh. that, was meaning, that was meaning of life. Was it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was the meaning of life. Yep. All the Catholics walking out, and then the Protestants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was this whole song. Yeah. Whole song. Yeah. Every life. Every. Uh, Monty Python. It's all good. Uh, I guess I believe in an eye for an eye. I guess that's that's probably where I was going with that. There you go. Eye for an eye. As far as as the death. Okay, so you confess. I guess I'll confess. I'm one of the, I don't know what you call them, third trimester types, where I don't, I really have a hard time calling it a real human being. If it's just a lump of cells, but the moment the fetus becomes viable, I feel like, yeah, that's messed up to try to abort it. But once again, that's for myself, you know, just like you. Right. Like, I'm not going to try to tell some woman what can and can't happen. But as far as the death penalty goes, it's almost like the end justify the means thing I was talking about before. Philosophically, yes, I, I do agree. Some people deserve to be put to death. Even practically, I think there's enough of a, a real chance that we can get to the bottom of things and be sure enough that we could kill, that we could execute somebody and be justified in doing so. But in our real justice system, there has been so many fucking people that have been exonerated right. because of DNA. Like our legal system is fucked. It's like almost the number one way people are put away for the death penalty is through eyewitness ter- testimony. And every person involved in the legal system will tell you eyewitness testimony is the absolute rock bottom form of evidence. It's terrible. It's absolutely horrifying to think how many people's lives have been taken away because somebody's like, and they probably believe it themselves, but like, yeah, yeah, that's totally the guy that did it. And they've convinced themselves because they want to be sure. Right. They want to feel like justice is done. Yeah. So they squash all the doubts and they've convinced themselves, yeah, yeah, totally. That's the one that did it. And then <laughs> DNA proves it's absolutely not the one that did it. That's happened a ton of times. So with the death penalty, I find myself very cautious. Like philosophically, yeah, some people deserve to die. A confession. Even a confession is people have been known to confess to things. Like, I don't want to shit on cops. Cops have a hard job. 
but they learn over time how to do their job. And a lot of that is not torture, but psychological games to get what they need out of people. Okay. And eventually, people they, they've been shown, people will confess the stuff, once again, that they've been proven not to have done. And you're like, why did they convince? Because it's a long, drawn-out, manipulative process that finally breaks down the barriers. And like, I just want to say whatever I have to say to not be in this situation anymore. What about uh, like the Aurora movie theater shooting? When there's... Caught red-handed. Yes. And some of that, a lot of that, if I'm not mistaken, was not dependent on eyewitness testimony. That was closer-circuit TVs. That was the police caught the guy, right? Yes. Like with the weapons, with the manifesto, with like that's as open and shut as I can see in reality. So yes, execute that guy. Well, there is a caveat in my mind. And this sounds a little bleeding hard, I guess. But if something could be demonstrated to be actually fixably wrong, like say somebody has a brain tumor that is pressing on, this is, and that this is not just a hypothetical. I believe like the grandfather of all these shootings was that guy that was at Texas college back in the 60s or 70s, yeah, went the, up in the, the bell tower. Bell tower. I believe he had a brain tumor and it was pressing on the wrong parts of his brain, making him do some fucked up shit. If it could be demonstrated that the reason this guy killed somebody else was because of something entirely out of his control, i.e. this cancerous cell grew in my head and you could take it out and he would be absolutely normal again, as in guaranteed to reform. Ah. I got a hard time saying death penalty what if, for that. What if he killed one of your family members? I know. And this always comes down to peeling away the layers, right? What if he killed, you know, my wife and I, she was, I gave her my fucking love pill and we were blissfully happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, there goes the fact that you couldn't positive that you were going to be blissfully happy. I know, right? Well, we were as far as our lives went. <laughs> yeah. But, then but uh, yeah, but that would be like how hard, how strong are your convictions? You know, I wouldn't I like talk to the pacifist. I would never kill anybody. Until the time comes when I have to kill somebody to save somebody <laughs> right. I love. Yes. Or yourself. Or, yeah, or save myself. You know, the medic in the military, I would never take up a rifle and shoot until the time comes when it's either you take up a rifle and shoot or everybody in your squad dies. You know, yeah. all that, all these caveats. So all you can say is, I'd like to think, blah, blah, blah. And all I can say is purely philosophically thinking as a matter of objective moral choice, I would say, no, not even if this guy killed the people I love. If it's demonstrated that he can be successfully fixed and be made a real functioning normal person again. Okay. So the guy in Las Vegas that shot 50 some odd people from his hotel window, he ended up killing himself. But what if they had caught him? He confessed to the whole thing, videotaped Mm -hmm. himself doing the whole thing, but he has a brain tumor. Okay. What if I am walking across the street with, a loaded AR. All I'm doing is walking across the street. I'm going from point A to B. I have no intention of doing anything else. But somebody on a bike crashes into me and I fall down and my hand hits a trigger and it shoots a little old lady also crossing the street. Should I get murder? No, because you didn't intend to do it. Uh-huh. I didn't intend to get a brain tumor. But you did. And then I shot somebody. Yep. Death penalty? Not just somebody. 50 somebodies. So the number makes a difference. Yes. <laughs> it's egregious. <laughs> it's a little over the top. It's I mean, a little much. If your brain tumor has you killing one person, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you're all set. It's fine. If your brain tumor, I, uh, no, no, mm-hmm. fifty people. That's that's crazy. Do you know how many people listening to this right now are so uncomfortable? Yeah, I know. 
angry and uncomfortable. I guarantee it. Well, I know Rob's disappointed that I wouldn't gun down a village full of VC. <laughs> yeah, right. A village full of. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, there's a lot of people disappointed right now with that. <laughs> we we trusted you, Todd. We trusted that at the at the moment came, you would kill just women let and children. The, the the streets run red with blood. Cut off their ears, yeah. make a necklace. You know that's probably true. I would do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at heart, I'm uh, at heart, I'm a predator. Well, it's also part of the whole uh, back to the trolley thing. What one of the reasons people would pull the lever and not push the fat man? Oh, you frozen. You there? All right. Well, maybe we should just uh, sign off. Oh, <laughs> do you want to like do trivia? Uh, I it's all pixelated. I don't even know. I'm hoping it's broadcasting right now, so I figured we could just go. Unless you got a, like a really good trivia question. Huh? No, I got a trivia question, but nothing, <laughs> nothing profound. All right. Uh, well, maybe we could just sign off. Ah, uh, first non-trivia episode. Oh, well. <laughs> all, right. all right. No, we no, got... let's do it. Let's do it. Hit me with the trivia question. Ah, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> I guess it kind of fits. The average person walks by how many murderers in their lifetime? Now. That's the average person, not you and me. <laughs> uh, five. Raw. That's too low. Ten. Getting there. Twenty. Too high. Fifteen. Yeah, sixteen. Wow. I wonder how they get that number. I guess, like, I was thinking that too. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Like, you could walk by sixteen murderers. Then I'm like, all they're doing is taking the population and then the pop and the number of murderers and doing like a percentage breakdown. It's it's probably easy enough. Uh huh. <laughs> But yeah, just think for people that are listening that don't work where we work, because for us, the number is much, much higher, <laughs> but that don't work in a jail. You walk down the street and you had no idea and you probably passed by somebody that straight up murdered somebody that fucking pulled the lever on the trolley. Killers. It's probably somebody you know. All right. I'm, I'll hit you with this one. Okay. Which is kind of as arbitrary as that. The average person laughs how many times a day? 23. 10. What? Yep. I laugh way more than 10 times a day. Nope, just 10. That's all you do. Well, actually, you're not an average person. Yeah, average people don't laugh at their own jokes as much as I do. So <laughs> <laughs> The average person doesn't quote as many Simpson That's true. episodes as you do. The average person doesn't sit there and not talk to anybody, not doing anything else, and just laugh for no reason, like I do, because they're <laughs> thinking of the Simpsons, like I do. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh... Let's wrap her up, huh? All right. Who are you? I am uh, Tom Horse Anus with him. Ah, I am Bob Sackhole Scully. <laughs> yeah. Dip me in your money milk. Oh, not good. All right. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.